Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and it's time for another edition of Hot Takes Wednesday, the show with your spicy takes and our even spicier opinions. Our guest on this episode is our video editing admin expert, you name it, because we're very proud of her. One of her TikToks hit 11 million views the other day, and we're, we're as startled as the rest of us as to how we've gotten that. So she's riding the crest of a wave right now. It's Hannah Atkinson. Hello, Woo! Hannah. Hello. Woo! It's finally race week. <laughs> After a, nearly a month mm. without a race, we are nearly here. Spring break, sadly, is almost over. We have to go sadly. back. Sadly. So, I mean, it depends which way you're looking at, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mind a month off, but maybe in the summer, not not necessarily in, in the month of April. But, yeah. uh, you know, as content creators, like I said before, it, it's it's not fun having to twiddle your thumbs for almost a month thinking of what to talk about. Yeah. But uh, It's but not given us much content, has it? But it's right. over now. <laughs> it's over now. We were thinking about doing a race format episode, but we thought that might be a bit dull. So we thought we'd go to you guys some spicy takes instead so yeah we're here and for those who are are new to us as i always say every podcast is someone's first uh and hot takes wednesday you the fine wtf1 audience send us in your spicy opinions regarding just about anything to do with formula one really and then we uh the esteemed presenting panel well you say esteemed i'm on it so you know know, that's debatable but the the esteemed panel will uh evaluate these takes and uh, we'll rate them on a scale of one to five. One being that we strongly disagree, and five being that we strongly agree. Um, now, as I've mentioned before, any take that gets a one from all of us on on the panel will be chucked in the delightfully nicknamed Sub-Zero Volts for our spiciest uh, takes of the 2023 season special that will come around in December. It's fitting up quite nicely already, which I must admit I'm a bit concerned about. (laughs) A Um, long episode incoming. The season finale is going to end up being at least three hours long at this rate. But we can only hope that things settle down. And no no double fives yet either so far this season. So It's a bit uh, unbalanced, isn't it, really? Just a little bit. It's a bit lopsided. It's very cold in there. We might have to warm up the temperature a little bit and see how we go. So, Hannah, are you ready for another edition of Hot Takes Wednesday? Absolutely. Bring it on. Let's do it. And uh, our first take comes from Dutch Anthem. Uh, we'll be hearing that a lot this season, I probably reckon. Um, <laughs> so... Dunge Anthem says, Bottas's new lifestyle and lack of pressure is bad for his on-track performance. Hmm. Intriguing. Bottas's new lifestyle and lack of pressure is bad for his on-track performance. So I'm going to assume this is based around the fact he's let his hair down a bit more. He's not probably not <laughs> feeling as much pressure now. He's at Alfa Romeo instead of Mercedes the mullets, the rocking up to Australia in a vest, you know, all the nudity. Uh, there's, there's no, I mean, I've seen far too much of Valtteri Bottas's body for a normal human being on the <laughs> internet. But it, he he seems very chill. He's, you know, definitely, I get the impression that he's let his hair down metaphorically. And literally. Going, and literally, <laughs> in, in many cases since 
since joining Alfa Romeo. But now I'm sure Dutch Anthem is wondering here, is that actually having an impact on his on-track performance? I mean, what do you reckon, Hannah? Yeah, I, I think I disagree with this. I mean, at first, I think, obviously, like you said, he's, you know, in the paddock and just around the track and in interviews, he seems happier, like a bit more carefree. And, and that might be something to do with him leaving the high pressure situation that was being at a top team like Mercedes were, and now not having the pressure of having to win or be in the top three every single race weekend. I mean, if you look at the races this season, um, I think it's too early at this point, only three races in to kind of compare the two of them. Mm. Um, Bottas has finished below his teammate two out of the three of the races we've had so far. But the one that he did finish above uh, Joe was a good result, P8, points for the team. So it's a bit difficult to compare right now. But I wouldn't say that, you know, in a world, I find it difficult to think that him being, obviously we're not in Bottas's mind, but him being happier, more carefree, I, I don't see how that can be a negative thing for his performance. I feel like it could only be positive, um, but that's just my opinion. That's what I was thinking. Now, mm. my first thought was him being more relaxed, him being more comfortable with himself, and he's spoken about this openly in many interviews since joining Alfa Romeo. How could that possibly be a bad thing for a state of mental well-being? I think that could only be a good thing. I mean, he's spoken about how high pressure being at Mercedes was and having to race alongside Lewis Hamilton, and that that can't be easy for anybody. Now, I don't think anybody is saying that Bottas is this elite world champion-level driver anymore, but I still think he's more than capable of being an F1. I think he's in a difficult scenario where... He's gone to Alfa Romeo. The Mercedes era was generally, I think, looked on quite negatively by a lot of people because he didn't give Hamilton a fight for over the five years he was there. He was replaced by Russell. And then he's walked into an Alfa Romeo team with Zhou Guan Yu. And I know when he first joined F1, Zhou, he wasn't looked at particularly favorably either. I think a lot of people got the impression that he shouldn't have ever been promoted in the first place. I think a lot of people were very excited about Theo Porcher in the Sauber Academy and maybe thought he should have gotten the nod instead. So I think by that extension, you expect Bottas to beat Joe quite handily. And he actually hasn't so far this season. Like Joe, I think is I don't know how much of this is Joe has genuinely improved as a driver and how much of that is that Valtteri is maybe underperformed a little bit so far this season. I think there's a lot of mitigating factors here. Um, so I think given the overall vibe of how a lot of people evaluate drivers on the internet, I think Valtteri is almost kind of in a no-win situation where you expect to beat Joe, who was deemed as a maybe not quite good enough rookie. But if you're not, you're going to be looked at negatively. And even if you do, you're expected to do it. So I think it's very easy to be critical of Bottas, given the surrounding scenario that he's in. It's not ideal, but I, I don't think it's because he suddenly decided to let his hair down and reveal his bum for charity. I, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think that's the reason why. I just think Joe's genuinely gotten better. And I think Val's been a little bit unlucky. I think even in Jeddah, for example, I'm pretty sure he ran over the piece of debris that came off Piastri's wing and 
like I said it before, I've joked about it. That, like Gasly hitting Piastri ruined about four people's races that day. It, was it a, really did. It yeah. was the it was the mother of all coincidences. Um, so again, there's mitigation there. I I I can't. I mean, I'm going to say two. Maybe it is. Maybe being a bit more laid back might have a negative impact on your driving. I can't say for sure. I'm no psychologist and I'm no driver coach. And I don't pretend to be a, to be a body language expert. Um, I'm not. I'm not writing for Closer magazines. So I, I I can't really comment on that one too hard, but I would like to think from a logical standpoint, if you're more relaxed and more comfortable with yourself in an intense sporting environment, it would probably get more out of me than rather than less. So I'm going to say two on this one, Hannah. What, what do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, although everyone's different in how they react to pressure and, you know, hmm. different emotions in sport, I do agree with you. I was thinking around a two as well. Uh, who knows how different people react, but in this circumstance, I don't see how it could be a bad thing for his performance. I I fully agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, I think that I, I'd like to think, given how my brain works on a personal level, being more relaxed would only be a good thing rather than a bad thing. I think it's an I think it's a bit of an easy out, is what I would say to maybe determine Valtteri's lack of performance so far this season. And even then, we've only had three rounds. I think the sample slice is a bit too small for this season so far. Maybe talk to me at the summer break and we'll see how it goes. But you know <laughs> Dutch Anthem, if you're listening, send send us that in again in the summer break and I'll happily readdress it. Like, <laughs> I'll, you can't say I'm not being fair here. <laughs> so I think that's I think I think that's a reasonable compromise. Uh, take number two is from Paul is Supreme, uh, very humble and modest username. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like this take a lot. It says the Aston Martin team is just going to end up looking like the Lotus team of 2012 and 13, challenging the big three occasionally. And then over the course of the new regulations being brought in, they fade away into obscurity with only three race wins to show for it. Hmm. Complex take here, but uh, one more time. Paul Supreme says the Aston Martin team is just going to end up being like the Lotus team of 2012 and 13, challenging the big three occasionally, and then over the course of the new regulations being brought in, they fade into obscurity with only three race wins to show for it. Now, I, I could see the argument here, because for those who don't know, this was the Kimi Räikkönen and Romain Grosjean era of Lotus. Räikkönen had just come back from his sabbatical of snowmobile racing and Top Gear interviews. Um, <laughs> Grosjean had, you know, had that really shaky 2012 where he caused multiple incidents, had a race ban at one point, but then 2013, you think he bounced back really well, was was uh, had had a, had a string of podiums uh, towards the end of that season. Is that where we see Aston Martin down the road? Um, I, 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 we'll go to our Aston Martin correspondent, Hannah Atkinson, oh. <laughs> um, uh, as a plant for the team. Uh, still, <laughs> You can't see him, but she's still got the race suit in the back somewhere. Saves it for special occasions. But, uh, Clarify Hannah, what, that was a joke. <laughs> just, just, just to make sure. But um, <laughs> Hannah, what do you reckon? I mean, do, do, do you think Aston... I mean, I think the take we've got to go... The angle we've got to go with here is that do you think Aston Martin can keep this sort of run of form going? Yeah, so you can look at it look at it two ways. One, Aston Martin made such a big jump from last season to this season that, you know, another jump from this season to next could also happen. But then on the other hand, because they made such a big jump, 
is that happening again really actually unlikely um and red bull seems so far ahead that you know i can't see any team catching them anytime soon and but also this season so far, Aston Martin have consistently been the second fastest team and going back to the hot take itself, challenging the big three occasionally, it says. And not only have they challenged the big three, that being, I'm guessing, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari. Yeah, I'd say so. Not only have they challenged the big three, but they've beaten the big three. Or not two, not all of them. <laughs> two out of three, I mean. Um, they've beaten them this season so far. Alonso getting P3 very consistently. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we can all predict a P3 uh, this weekend just for consistency's sake. Um, Bold as ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because actually, I I, th- I feel like Aston Martin could definitely keep up this consistency for the rest of the season. Um, and if they do, I see them being more successful than the Lotus team of 2012 or 2013. That being said, obviously, I wasn't watching the sport at the time, so I don't know all the ins and outs of what happened. Um, But going from what the hot take says, uh, I do think that Aston Martin do look stronger than just challenging the big three every now and again and having a few wins. Now, I I did watch a lot of the V8 era of Formula 1, and I was around in 2012 and 13 as a fan. Um, And it's an interesting perspective, because this has happened a few times when when major regulations come in. Somebody nails them in the midfield, they take a big leap up the order, but then they fade over time. When 2014 came around and the hybrid era started, it was Williams. Williams was a lower midfield team, I think around 8th or ninth in the Constructors, but they absolutely got the the 2014 turbo hybrids right. They leapt up to, to basically on paper being the second or third best team, which shocked everybody. They, they put together a team, ironically, with Valtteri Bottas, we mentioned him earlier, and Felipe Massa. Um, they started out really, really strong, but as the years went by, they Williams just didn't have the budget to be able to compete with Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull, and they faded back down the order as the years went by. Um, and I think that's probably where Paul's gotten the idea from here because Lotus were kind of the same. Like they, like when Raikkonen came in and Grosjean came in, they had a really fast car. It was really gentle on its tires um, until they changed the tire regulations mid-season, and then Lotus fell down the order a little bit. But um, before we went to the V6 turbos, Lotus were really good, but as they said, the, the budget was never really there. They were struggling for money, and when you struggle for money, you can't compete, and that's how they just faded um i could see the argument but there's a few things that are going in aston's favor on this one first and foremost we have a cost cap now so there's only x amount of money a team can spend i think it's 130 million this year and it's only going to go down further um over the next couple of years so the fact that everybody can now only spend the same is going to help and now i still the big teams still probably have better resources but the difference shouldn't be as strong as it was in previous years. I would say that Dan Fallows is an excellent technical guy to have around. He came from the Newey camp, and I'm, I'm, it depends how much they can take this concept. But you look at Aston Martin's resources, they've got a wind tunnel coming up. They're almost done with their full renovation of their Silverstone base. So you'd think they would actually be a little bit better over time rather than worse um so 
I actually think there's a few things going for them in this instance rather than against them. I think they, I think I can see the logic because the 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 established big hitters do eventually rise back up again. Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull are obviously incredible right now. Mercs will figure out their their concept. I have no doubt of I have no doubt about that. Ferrari are never really down the order for too long. Mm. I think Aston Martin could be here to stay. I I, I really do. Um, I I actually have a bit more faith in them compared to other situations because the sport is better balanced than it was a decade ago. So. I, race wins, I think they'll steal the odd win here or there in this era, because if they're second best, then something will happen to Red Bull. The door will be open at some point or another, I think. So maybe not the maybe I mean three wins could be interesting. I think they might get there over over a, a couple of years, something like that, similar to what Lotus did. Do I think they'll win a title? Probably not, but I I, I think there's enough merit for me to disagree. So I'm gonna say two on this. Hand Glad my mind. Yep, two again. <laughs> two, I don't want to be boring, but the last hot take was two. This one is also two. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think, I think the sport's in a better place than it was 10, 12 years ago when Lotus were in their prime. And I think for that reason, there's a better chance that Aston Martin can actually stick around because the parameters of the sport are more friendly towards being competitive rather than just. Um, you know, well, you're on your own, guys. You know, here's the big hitters. You go, you you gonna spend half a billion a year to stay with them? No, can't do that anymore. So, I think it comes a lot more down to resources, and I think Aston Martin are actually pretty good, but that's concerned at the moment. So, and they will pump more money into this if they think they can win a championship. So, I I I, I like what Aston's doing at the moment, and. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fun shot in the arm for the whole sport. Uh, that's how I look at it, anyway. Speaking of Aston Martin, take number three is another Aston Martin take, and uh, I, I, I'm not sure who sent this in. It says it's BMH six six one. I've joked about Kieran having burner accounts on this show a couple of times <laughs> over, but uh, maybe this is another example of that because it says here Lance Stroll will win a world title by 2026. <laughs> again podcasts are not normally a visual medium if you saw hannah's eyes pop out of a skull <laughs> when, when i read that out um it kind of says it all lance Stroll will win a, a world championship by 2026 that's from bmh661 on twitter I, I i can't get there on this one bmh i'm gonna be honest with you um look lance has been fine this is what i will say he's been fine if anything like i said i think he's gained the respect of, of some fans for driving through adversity and driving through injury. And I think he's been okay so far this season. He's had, like Jed is the only real black mark. And that was, that wasn't on him. That was a car failure. I don't think he's on Alonso's level, which is a bit of a problem because if you're not on Alonso's level, then how can you expect to win a title if you're not even the best driver in your own team? And then you're also kind of requiring Aston Martin to have the best car in the sport. And as much as we've just been high on them, Hannah, I don't think we'd go that far on Aston Martin's rebirth so far, right? No, absolutely not. I have to agree with you so far. I mean, <laughs> you need a couple of things to to work out for this to happen. You need 
Max not being in the mix at all. You also need Aston Martin being the quickest car, like you said. And before 2026, I just don't see that happening at all. I mean, this season's already off the cards because we know Red Bull are the quickest. Max is going to win. Red Bull will get the constructors, let's be real. Next year and the year after, that's only two years for Max and Red Bull to not be in the fight at all, which I don't see happening. And for Aston Martin to not only be the second quickest car, but the quickest. I just don't think it's possible. And also, of course, like you said, if Alonso is his teammate, you know, I don't see... Lance isn't going anywhere unless Lawrence starts owning another team, then he might Mm. move to that team. So as long as Alonso is his teammate, from what we've seen so far, I don't think Lance will beat him in that situation. So if Aston Martin were even in a position to win a world championship, I mean, it, it would be Alonso over Lance. And if Alonso isn't around and Aston Martin are the quickest team, I would like to think that maybe Aston Martin would bring in a rookie or someone who's not had that much experience because Lance has actually had a lot of experience in the sport now. He's been around for a while. Would I then think that Lance would beat that rookie? I don't know. Maybe it'd be a closer battle. I just can't see it happening, though, unfortunately. Unfortunately for Lance. I was going to say, this is year seven for Lance Stroll. This, like, he's not some, he's young-ish, but he's not, he's very experienced. He's had nearly 150 starts now in F1. And I always of, picture him as a young driver. Because he looks young. He's 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 blessed with good genes. <laughs> yeah. um, but he, this is year seven for Lance Stroll. He's not, he's not this young rookie that might still grow. Like, the cake is pretty much baked on Lance Stroll as a driver. I think it's fair to say, is this it for Lance as a driver? Because it's rare that a driver suddenly magically becomes two stages better when they hit their 30s or something along those lines. He's had a lot of experience. I think there's enough to form an opinion on Lance where I would say he's good enough to be here. And I think he's a fine midfielder, but I don't think he's anything more than that. Even before he was at racing point now, Aston Martin was anybody associating Lance with better machinery in the same way that we were teasing for people like Carlos Sainz or Esteban Ocon or other talented midfielders who ended up going to better seats we're not we're not talking about Lance Stroll in the same way we're talking about Lando Norris for instance right and that's I'm not, I hope that's not too harsh on any Stroll fans out there but and I think part of that is because he's now in his dad's team so people just don't talk about him as a mover upper because well he's secure but I just don't think he's good enough to be world championship contention worthy i think fernando has come in and immediately been better than him so far this season again a bit of that is down to injury but alonso is still a quality driver and that's the sort of driver you probably have to at least be at a minimum to start thinking about world championships if your car was good enough so you need the car to be great and you need lance to justify being the number one driver in a top team he's done neither of those things so I think the vault might have to get opened on this one because I'm going to say one here for me. Yeah. I, 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 I I can't see Stroll getting there in, in, in 2026. 
or at all ever to be honest I have to agree with you I, it's a one for me as well another one added to the mix <laughs> and the, another one in the sub-zero vault um yeah. bad luck bmh on that one but uh i'm glad you know you have some faith in lance draw and you're probably not alone out there <laughs> I'll you put know, it out there. I would love to see Lance winning a world championship. I would love it, but I don't think it's likely, unfortunately. I think you're in a very small club, personally. But you know, <laughs> I think but, that would be great. But you know, good for you, Hannah. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted Thanks, that you Trey. know you're, you're vice president of the Lance Stroll, um, Lance Stroll for World Championship Society. President uh, being Kieran, I, I suspect. Oh yeah, um, yeah. no question. <laughs> <laughs> Take number four comes from Connorcio one on Twitter. Connor C says, Max will quit before Lewis retires. Surely not. It's, I mean it's bold. Lot Max will quit before Lewis retires. How do you seem chomping at the bit together this one? So how do you <laughs> feel about it? Well, I have to say I, I just don't see it happening at all. I mean, I don't think Lewis will retire anytime soon. And you know, maybe in the next few years maybe he's got left or even a couple years but max to quit before that is just completely out of the question in in my opinion i mean while red bull are still winning in no world or planet would max quit in my opinion obviously i don't know max <laughs> i haven't talked to him about it personally but you know from what i've seen max isn't going to quit at all I think, in my opinion, but especially not when Rebel are winning. Um, and I do think the Rebel will be winning for a, a few more years. They just seem so on top of it. Maybe not, but it's hard to picture a team beating Rebel right now with how well they're doing. So I just can't see Max quitting before Lewis retiring because of how Rebel are doing so well at the moment, but also because Lewis will retire probably within five years, definitely, I will say. So, I mean, Max is in his prime. He's on a roll. I just don't see it happening. This is interesting. For me, this is interesting because Max reminds me a lot of when Sebastian Vettel was at Red Bull. Because I'm, I'm, people, look, I'm literally wearing a thank you Seb shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone knows about Seb, it's me. I remember in his prime at Red Bull, he openly talked about retiring in his early 30s. Um, maybe 30, 31 and going to do some other things. I think that was the first real sign that there was more to Seb than just being a racing driver. Um, obviously, we wouldn't know what it would manifest into as an activist and as someone that became a, a big vocal ambassador for positive change in the sport. But even then, Seb didn't actually retire until he was 35. Um, and even that's still actually reasonably young for an F1 driver to retire. Now, I think Max is an interesting case because I think he's spoken a lot about wanting to try other things. I think he's wanted to talk about maybe trying Le Mans at a certain point and, and, and giving sports cars a go. I think he's a bit more open. I know he's a very big sim racer as well on, on a professional level um, as a sim racing driver as well. And I think there is a level of curiosity with Max that might tempt him into something like that. Maybe if this Red Bull continues to dominate for the next few years, maybe he racks up three or four more titles for the next regulation change, 2026, that is. If he wins, let's say every world title between now and then, and he ends up with five, you know, maybe 70, 80 wins. That's all time level. Great. 
maybe then as a late twenties, early thirties guy, maybe he considers it if he if he's if his motivation levels are different. I mean, as we said with Bottas earlier, everybody's different. You never quite know um how these drivers think and what motivates them. Some guy like look at James Hunt. He, he won one world title and he was he thought well that was enough. He he didn't want to chase down multiple titles. He had other interests in life um that that motivated him more by that point um and even seb like i said seb kind of changed his mind down the road and stuck around for a bit longer than he anticipated when he was younger so i don't know how much of this is just young guy says young guy things and doesn't realize how fast you grow up as this is coming from me a 30 year old guy um maybe it's a bit of that but I think there is more of an argument you could make for Max potentially retiring early than most. I I don't know. Does Max want to go after Hamilton 7 or Schumacher 7? I don't know. I mean, you'll have to ask him and see how motivated he is for that. Annoyingly, and I don't normally break this rating out very often, I'm going to say 3 because it's very, very hard to predict how drivers think and how they change over time. Um, I think that as Max gets a little older, a little wiser, maybe his motivations will change. Maybe his philosophy on Formula One changes. Because like I said, I saw it with Seb. He was Mr. Gas Guzzling, bring back V12s guy when he was younger. And by the time he was in his early 30s, he was, you know, climate change is really bad. Um, and, and he ended up becoming a much more of an environmentalist. So it goes to show you that people change a lot over time. So this is a bit of a cop-out from me, I openly admit, but I'm going to go free on this one. So do you think that there is a possibility that Max quits before Lewis retires? Because I, I mean, I think Lewis will be around for a while, but I don't know if, mm. e- even if he wins if Max wins three or four more championships, that could take five or six years. I don't see Lewis yeah. being around for five or six more years, maybe a few. But- I don't know. It's, it's, it's really hard with Lewis because Lewis is desperate for number eight. He's mm. made it clear in multiple interviews. People, people, A lot of people talked about these, the lie detector test he did on Sky Sports F1, where he said he, he was, he was going to drive as, as long as he could until he could get number eight. And he clearly thinks Mercedes is the place to do it with. I don't know how long that patience lasts. And only he knows the answer to that question. Um, He'll be an F1 driver in his 50s at this point. (laughs) (laughs) He's fit enough. He's fit enough. And if he's hungry enough, I think he's got a Merck seat for life if he wants it. I don't think that Merck's ever going to move on from unless his skills drop off a cliff. And I don't think that's... I don't think there's any real sign of that happening yet. So... I like the days of drivers going into their forties is not as uncommon as it was in the past. I think with nutrition and fitness and what we know about athletes now going into their forties is a lot more common and I could easily see Lewis doing the same. So I really don't know on this one. I, I actually might go down to a two here because I think I think Lewis has got three or four more good years in him if he wants it. And I don't see, I don't see Max quitting before the next regulation change. I think he'll at least want to see what 2026 looks like and see, and see how the team gets down with another new power unit and seeing how the sport goes from there. I think it'd be foolish not to at least see what the landscape is afterwards. So 
I'm actually going to knock it down to two. You've actually given me a second thought there, Hannah, which doesn't happen <laughs> often here. No. But, but uh, how, how do you think about how do you think about it overall? For me, it's one step lower. I I will give it a one. I do. Wow. Okay. I do just completely disagree. I like you said, Max could definitely go on and, and move on to other other types of motorsport or just other things in general. Um, earlier than some might maybe you know around the 30 or early 30s mark but mm. i do think that lewis will retire before max leaves um so for me it's a one okay one it is very very interesting perspective it's a, it's it's one of those questions that is very very subjective yes and yes. you can only really go for what people say and then it's there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of thinking that has to go into that sort of thing which i do find intriguing but uh it would be boring if we all did the same ratings <laughs> it, it, it's true and look lewis could still surprise us and just say changes the bun so you know what i'm done and then yeah. we're all just like well damn okay um so we'll have to wait and see um on that one um simba quack so with take number five goes one of the mercs drivers wins in baku this week Putting it out there, he thinks there'll be a Merck's win in Baku this week. Hmm, interesting. What What do you think, Dre? Um, I, I wanted to joke with his username and say I think he's Quackers, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm joking. I promise I'm joking. <laughs> um, it is Baku. And Baku has this nag of throwing out freaky races it's 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 a it's a very low margin of error race you know obviously walls being everywhere also obviously the the biggest street track we go to um there's a lot going on this weekend first time as well we were going to be having the new format of of sprint qualifying for those who don't know who haven't read the news yesterday uh they'll be changing that around so now saturday is now completely standalone separate qualifying session in the race itself um only one practice session now for the whole weekend rather than two so there's even there's an even smaller margin for error now than there was so and i know christian horder is not a fan of baku being a sprint weekend whatsoever he's been <laughs> no. very vocal against that um but Max Verstappen is just so good. He, he is just so good right now. And you've got the perfect cleanup man in Sergio Perez if that doesn't go to plan. I fear that it's going to be another Red Bull 1-2 finish, barring shenanigans. We've already had one of them this season already. Um, two, actually, sorry, because Jeddah was a 1-2, not just the other way around. Um, we've already had two out of the three races be 1-2 finishes, and I... A lot would have to happen for both Red Bulls to have shenanigans to the extent where where Mercs can win a race. That's how I look at it. Hannah, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? If Mercedes are going to win a race, it's probably going to be at Baku and it's probably going to be the first weekend when this new format is, you know, is attempted. Just because, you know, like you said, Red Bull are so quick. The likelihood of them getting a one-two is high, but one practice session before qualifying for the race, things could get chaotic. And there are two races technically in that are happening this weekend with the sprint race on Saturday and the the you know the normal race on Sunday. 
So there's two chances for them to win a race because, you know, I guess this hot take didn't specify which race they meant. I mean, I'm sure they meant Sunday's race, but still, um, you know, the, the chances of them winning are doubled in a way, but, you know. That's very crafty. You <laughs> know it, Hannah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I'm kind of joking because I know it's very mm. unlikely and there are many other teams that if there was a chaotic race that could, you know, get there before Mercedes did, um, but if it was going to be any race, it'll probably be this weekend, just about how chaotic it's going to be. So <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go one here. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't see Red Bull not winning. I, I just can't get there. I'm going to go out and say three. I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's impossible at all. So it's right in the middle for three. Wow, three. Okay. Now, this is a funny one, and we felt like we had to include this one as well. A bonus take. Uh, from Martin Zygmunt, who says, Taylor Swift will show up at the Miami Grand Prix. <laughs> I would love to see that. Now, I wonder where this perspective came mm. from. I want. I think this might have something to do with uh, with Douzemois and the uh, cer- a certain a certain Tumblr rumor that did the rounds that oh maybe Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift are dating. <laughs> I which... don't know where this rumor started, but I'm here for it. I think it was Tumblr. Tumblr, okay, okay. I think it was Tumblr, and I think Dusmar, the Instagram celebrity rumor page, um, brought it up a couple of times as well. That you know, F1 driver Alonso and Taylor Swift might be dating. I know they're they're both recently single, mm. um, so um, <laughs> I, I think it's quite funny that this is rolled up now. I mean, look, Miami is a high profile Grand Prix. Um, last, I know last year we had a few celebrity turnout. Michael Jordan was down there. Tom Brady was down there. David Beckham was down there. The, the Watt brothers. If you're into the NFL, you might know who they are. TJ and JJ Watt. Uh, two of the best football players in the world. Um, that's um, pigskin football, not, you know, not certain. <laughs> yeah. For those who may not know. Um, so there was a big celebrity presence um, uh, for at Miami last year. So there's no reason why it couldn't happen again to me. But, uh, I mean, Hannah, you're a bit more buzzed <laughs> in on pop culture than I am. What, what, what have you made of it all? I mean, if the rumours are true, which I'm sure they're not, but if they are true, it would be hilarious to see. And if they're not true, it would be a great PR move for the both of them. I mean, we've already seen Alonso kind of joking on the rumours on TikTok where, you know, there was a video about him getting ready for race week or something and the song that was chosen was a Taylor Swift song, which I think is a great way to kind of like play on the rumours. Oh, absolutely. Um, But I mean, if she did go to Miami, I think that would be hilarious. It'll be it would shut down a lot of Miami if Taylor Swift was in town. I mean, whole, <laughs> I mean, holy crap, that would be, that would be huge. Um, I don't think it's likely though. I'm probably going to give it a two. I feel like I've been so negative this hot takes Wednesday. Everything has been a three or under, and I don't want to be like that. I'm sorry. Maybe for this one, I'll just I'll just give it a four. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> just just for shiggles. Yeah, Taylor um, Swift will show up at the Miami Grand Prix. It's a four for me. <laughs> I think there would have been a, gr- a greater chance of that if she was there to be a musical act because Formula One has mm, done that in, in in multiple venues. Um, with big name musicians, I know Silverstone's got that this year. Um, I know Singapore's done that in years past. They're trying to make it more of a a fan friendly vibe. But didn't Taylor Swift do Kota a couple of years ago, if memory serves? Oh, I can't quite remember. Possibly, I, th- I think she did Kota a couple of years ago. Don't quote me on that. But uh, I mean, 
I think the, the relationship is there, and I'm talking about Taylor and, and F1, not necessarily with Fernando, per se. <laughs> so I'm going to go two on this one, if for no other reason than, <laughs> you know, it, it would be very funny. But I, I, I don't quite buy into this rumor myself. But no, uh, no. I, 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 I would, I would like to see. It would be quite funny um, mm-hmm. for me. So that'll do it for this edition of Hot Takes Wednesday. Um, thanks to everyone that sent them in over the last month. I know it's not been easy, given that we've not had a Grand Prix to talk about. But afterwards, I'm sure you'll be flooding them in for next week's show. Also, got a bit of a special guest coming up in a couple of weeks' time to evaluate some takes as well. More on that. Uh, once we get confirmation on next week's show, I'll, I'll keep you posted on that one. But uh, thanks as ever for sending in your takes. Thank you very much for listening from me, Dre Harrison, and from Hannah. We'll see you guys next time. Sign out. Bye.